You're tuned in to the MTGG Cable Cast, 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 where they cover Magic, the Gathering Finance. All right? You don't know about it? You're tuned in right now and get ready to learn some shit. Buckle your seatbelts and light a blunt and get ready for the MTG Cable Cast, 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 starring Reptar and Thirsty, them onion head motherfuckers. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. This one, a little bit out there, kind of. Uh, Wizards obviously announced their digital only format, yep. Alchemy. Alchemy. And this episode is about what that means specifically as it relates to standard and somewhat broader in terms of play, how this changes things. Yep. Uh, if we think it does impact financial values, if it doesn't, whatever. That's what we're covering today. So let's get started. Uh, so Alchemy, for those of you who don't know, is basically uh, Watsi's retort to the Hearthstone model of rebalancing cards. So instead of banning them in standard, a couple weeks after each set release, cards will be rebalanced, and start to be rebalanced, and they will release Alchemy-specific packs for a set, and now you have a brand new format to play on arena this adds to the slate of draft standard and historic that already exist on arena you have alchemy and this creates this interesting look for the game right now which is if these sets are going to standard sets when they're released are going to be able to live and breathe on arena and you give them a couple of weeks for content creators and people to really get in there and draft, then you release your alchemy packs to create this brand new format. What exactly are you going to be doing with standard on Arena? Alchemy is not a moto format, and I just don't know anybody that plays standard on moto, so we can just no. kind of forget about that for now. But what's the support for standard going to look like? Alchemy cannot be played in paper because there are digital-only cards and the rebalancing that we talked about. So who's left to handle standard? Right now, from what we can see, it's the LGS. That's it. Yeah, there's there's no big series. You know, Star City, Modern, Legacy, Pioneer, yep. good for them. Uh, NRG had some events scheduled. They postponed some of them, but even the events that have not been postponed, none of them are standard. They're alchemy it's, and historic. Yeah. For for Arena, and then their paper events are Modern and Legacy. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's the, It's the LGS at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, bad for play as well as finance because, all right, we're expecting you now then. Singles are coming in from drafts mm -hmm. and pack sales? Maybe. Maybe. And there's also this Players Championship that's coming up, a $450,000 event. And it's announced that March 11th through 13th, eight rounds of Historic, seven rounds of Alchemy. This is not a standard event. No. There's some other hoo-ha on the back end, like this is an Alchemy event for Neon Dynasty weeks before we get the new packs for Alchemy for Neon Dynasty. So it won't be the same format, but Watsi's pulled that trick before. That's... That's not yeah. new. It is the fact that it looks like Watsi is not even looking to celebrate and host a standard event of reasonable size anymore. Yep. So what do we do with this format? Is it finally dead? Are we finally going to stop seeing dedicated 
standard paper product now? I I think it's this is going to be interesting to me. So obviously, you know, this this sucks for paper, right? Mm-hmm. Like this this is awful. Uh, this this is the darkest possible timeline. I I think that alchemy is in Hasbro's eyes the future of magic. Yeah. They've seen what Hearthstone has done with relatively low overhead with fluidity and balance on tap constantly. You don't have to deal with what 14 months of calling for an astrolabe ban and legacy and your community in an uproar before finally like all right cool we messed up. You don't have to ban 12 cards in standard and some of them at common. Mm-hmm. Because you have this balancing and it's going to be, you know, the LGS having to hold the bag on this is bad for magic, I think, uh, because drafts aren't happening at the LGS. They're happening on arena Yep. because I can sit here naked in my chair if I want to drafting all day and it doesn't matter. I don't have to get up and go to a store and deal with all of that hassle. I can literally just sit here with code red in one hand, Doritos in the other, and occasionally play a card. And it's it to me reeks of gameplay that we're trying to push not that we're trying to push paper out. Mm-hmm. I think Wizards recognizes if Hasbro doesn't, paper still needs to exist for at least a little bit. But I think it's them pushing competitive to online only. And I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um, and just let the eternal formats be your paper your paper play options. And that's perfectly fine. You just need to get cards into the hands of players. So maybe we just finally see a changeover in what standard stock looks like. We have draft sets. We have set boosters. Maybe we'll get actual sets without at the draft crap in it at all and that'd be nice the other thing is that i was thinking about today before the topic is a lot of what we're seeing from the watsi side of things is before william huey jensen actually gets to take over in his new role within watsi is the head of whatever player organized play experience or whatever you know whatever they call it now yeah whatever they're tasking huey with but what we have locked in place are two of the largest event series TOs right now devaluing standard in Star City and NRG. They have the ability to hold standard events. Absolutely. From everything I've heard, asking people to play Pioneer in paper is less about can I find the cards and more about who wants to play a format they have no experience with because it's a moto format and it's not modern. And while that seems to be a hurdle they're willing to jump over, the fact that they pull all standard support is really weird, especially when you look back at their history. After they switch over for running their 5K events, their Legacy of Vintage 5Ks, which were localized to, generally speaking, the Star City greater area, the Roanoke greater area, they move on to their tour, which is split Legacy slash Modern for days one and two, and standard for day two. Yeah. And they've always had a standard presence <clears throat> up until this new series of events. And I 
I don't really know what's going to happen. No, and I I think it's interesting, and you know, it's it's important that you do say this this ball just this didn't just happen. Yeah. Right. This this was announced a while ago. This was before Huey took over. But it's gonna be like, I am super super happy you know for what he may be able to do i'm glad that they got someone in who obviously has a vested interest in how organized play works right yep but i think the ball may be rolling too far too late for him to be able to do anything is my fear okay uh and that's like you know again i am for those of you that have watched for any length of time, not exactly the most optimistic about this stuff. Yeah, doomsayer here, but yeah, uh, but I I am hopeful for what he can do, but it will be fascinating to watch because I I firmly believe that you know Huey has a chance to turn this around, but if if this is the model, mm-hmm. if alchemy is the model that we're going with, organized play as it has existed for the last twenty years as in what the purpose of it is, is going to be completely gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's not, especially the way coverage has gone, obviously it's non-existent at all. Yeah. Um, kind of a big deal there. And losing, having something like this, where it is this at-will format, basically, makes things incredibly difficult, I think. Yeah. I, but it, it'll be interesting to see. Yep, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I... I think it's fine. If they kill standard, I think it's fine. The the yeah. game can survive without standard. They've changed their Absolutely. OP model. They changed the way the high end events ran, so you no longer needed to focus on standard when you could have uh, magic fests and mythic championships that were split sealed and either pioneer or standard or modern or they have all these other wonderful formats to choose from that you can play in paper. Yeah. that are not standard. You don't have to hang your hat on standard anymore for these large paper events if they ever come back. And with a digital platform, even if they actually just choose to bring the game back but push everything to arena, they still don't have to focus on standard if, like you said, alchemy is the way they really want the game to go. And I think that's fine and dandy, all that really happens the fallout from that to me is when somebody decides to go play whatever rebalance cards they were playing in alchemy it's the same issues you have out you rebalance oko and uro and uh smuggler's copter for alchemy and then somebody goes to attempt to build the same or similar deck in historic or on moto and they're just like well it doesn't freaking work the way i wanted it to and it's it's a bridge people are going to have to cross, and I guess Watsy determined that the possible problems were worth the opportunity to move forward with this model because people will figure it out. It will take time. It's just like people coming yeah. from Moto to play in paper; they figure out how to actually play the game without all the stops. Yeah, you know, and you it's, as soon as they do that, they're golden. Yeah. You know, it's it's just. A matter of getting there and you know as much as i may want to doomsay and be like oh the game's not going to survive then the game's going to survive till then yeah I, that's just the reality it's it's going to i think this might just be and i think we both agree the retiring of standard 
Yeah, and and I I think that's what it is. It, at least standard as we've known it. Mm-hmm. And I think you know the biggest implication there is obviously going to be cards getting into people's hands, yes. like you said. And who knows? Maybe this is when standard takes on a living card game model, and they just do standard sets like that. Okay. And then they do their master sets as booster packs. Who knows? So let, let's dovetail then. Let, let's move on to the second section about about card sales because. I thought about this from a much more narrow standpoint. I thought maybe, you know, Neon Dynasty as a vendor would be the first time I would really begin combing through my sales analytics based on pre-orders for both boxes and singles with a fine-tooth comb compared to all the other sets released during COVID and doing the same thing moving forward and see if I can actually begin reducing allocation. If people aren't buying these cards, I can just get them through my buy list, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that's definitely a viable option here. The You know, I I would absolutely be doing that as well. Uh, I, I would expect, all right, you know, based on when it's coming out, it's not exactly a high attendance time either. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is it is a high purchase time because we're getting into tax season. So while I know I'm not going to sell a bunch of draft packs because nobody's drafting, fine i may actually get a few extra set boosters the other thing is are we gonna have supply issues Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like all right i'd like to commit to more yeah as an lgs but i don't know if i can actually afford to because maybe i just can't get any of this okay maybe maybe there's none there maybe we have the jumpstart problem again where we get half of the allocation we're supposed to, and when you ask about the other half, it's just, I don't know. You'll get it when you get it. Yep. And especially the way the, what was the, the Crimson Vow special set, the black double and feature. white. Yeah, double feature. I, where's that? Anyone? Yeah. Nobody. Okay, yeah. Nobody knows! Like, our allocation, we were told, oh, you're supposed to get some. That's it. Yeah. But that was my, my LGS as well. I was talking to them a couple of weeks ago. I asked if they heard if they got cut because I heard um, cer- certain distros were cutting orders based on supply, and they said they ordered so little, it, they wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered if the distro on it got cut. But let, yep. let's say let's say there are no distro problems with, with this. You know, let's say Watsi has finally honed in all. You know, uh, Card is able to print to what Watsi needs if. Alchemy, it's, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty is going to be the most interesting part of this because it's going to be the first set. So you might actually, yeah. this is this is kind of the bellwether moment. You're really going yeah. to start seeing whether or not these kinds of like format adjustments, card adjustments really can impact your sales if, the, if this format is devalued a couple of weeks afterwards on the digital uh, frontier. Now, we also should set aside the fact that they're doing um, the Hitsugu promos, which are like certain number per case, like some of the WPN premium stores are getting some. You set aside that draw and you just look at something like set boosters because they're the cold product. Cold, yeah. not cold, right? Cold. So uh, you have a more distilled product that's a little more powerful. It's going to be what people are going to be opening to get cards if they want to crack pack, crack packs four cards so everything runs smoothly everybody gets a distro they need 
my expectation is, like I said, this is where I would start at, even at the LGS level, just really reviewing my sales of this set compared to the others through uh, the COVID era. And again, moving forward, and I would start setting up some really aggressive data points to see, can I start reducing my orders of standard product and reallocate those funds somewhere else to something that sells better because this format is purposefully devalued by Watsi several weeks after. And at the end of the day, I think I'm okay with that because like you mentioned, something that I didn't think about was, yeah, this this format could be supported completely differently. It could be LCG style and then you just move your money somewhere else to master's packs, more CBBs, whatever you have to at the LGS yeah. level. Or maybe you just shrink the height of your magic vertical and move that money somewhere else. Same thing at the large vendor level, but your buy list is going to be your catch-all for all the singles you need. Or you just crack to demand uh, for pre-orders and don't really open a second wave unless you sell out of, of everything. If nobody's playing standard, it's going to be difficult to sell out of all of those Chase Mythics, all of those Planeswalkers. The demand's going to come from EDH, Modern, etc. And a lot of those players don't order at pre-release time. It's the standard no. players that need it. Everybody else will wait a couple of weeks, right? And I, I, I think it's going to be. I, I think. This is going to be incredibly interesting because, like you said, this is, this, this is your moment. This is when, this is your case study, and what alchemy is going to do. Uh, because Crimson Vow is our first set. It's our first set, as far as we know, or sorry, Neon Kamigawa. Yeah. It's our first set, as far as we know, that is not having distro issues. So far, no issues have been communicated to me about distro allocation. Uh, we're supposed to be getting our double feature in a week, I guess, or whatever it is, like the end of January. Mm-hmm. They haven't told us allocation, but they told us ahead of time we would have issues getting that product. Yeah, They have not indicated that at all with Neon Dynasty. And that's why I think this is almost one of those sets where I would, you know, typically pre-release comes, I'm going to overorder. You know, and if if I need to cancel it for some reason, okay. No harm, no foul. I don't have to pick up the extra 10 cases. Mm-hmm. I'll just pick up my minimum allocation. This is one where I'd almost rather plan for my minimum allocation, see how that sells, and go from there. Okay. Just because there is, like you said, there's almost that expectation that, like, Watsi is deliberately devaluing this there this this format standard in general there's just no support you know and you get i guess there's what the two thousand dollar challenges yeah the weeklies or whatever they are yeah but as as far as i know they haven't announced any alchemy events for that but we'll probably see it after the neon dynasty championships i bet yeah where all of a sudden we're just getting slammed with alchemy events because I wouldn't expect them based on how arena launched and how it ran after it launched, uh, that they would want to immediately hit the ground running with competitive events for alchemy Mm -hmm. just because it may look bad for them. And it'll, it'll be interesting. Like you said, you know, I, I know some larger vendors that are going absolutely ham on neon dynasty. Uh, they, they've literally said, you know, give us as many as we can get, whatever. And I'm not talking about like Star City, Card Kingdom, stuff like that. I'm talking about some of the more like 
pink bunny sized not that they're one of them type stores okay um you know like hot sauce that type of size not that they're one of them but i know other stores that are that size that are like no i'm staying away from it i i don't have players coming to events i don't have people shopping here we're just farming our buy list if we want the cards we aggressively buy them like you mentioned we raise our buy list price we get them that way Mm -hmm. and then we have them to sell which is kind of an interesting moment because I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have never seen a set prior to this where a retailer's plan for singles was, I plan to open zero product and buy it all through buy list. The only time I've ever seen it happen is supplemental. Sure. That makes sense there because 70%, if not more of some of those sets is absolute chaff. Yep. Especially, what was it, the Double Masters when we had Ravenous Trap as a rare? Yeah. But not even that. I'm talking uh, older, when they were still doing dual decks. I don't know what vendor allocation was, large vendor allocation was for dual decks. And the best way to get in the first print, the first non-alpha beta printing of Blackboard or Germanic Tutor was your buy list because it was in Angels vs. Demons. Yep. That's, That's fair. And But for stuff like that, it is such a small print run that it doesn't, like, okay, fine. I may not get a hundred cases of those. Most LGSs at that time that I was working with were getting four to six cases, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sell them out, boom, they're gone. Um, well, um, I need demonic tutors. Yep. So, uh, four weeks. Uh, uh, there's no hard date for when the alchemy packs for a set are released on Arena. The best that I could find is this fungible estimate of about four weeks, and I that was not really attached to a Watsi source that seemed to come more from uh, a player or a grinder, somebody that would have a little more experience that might have been getting those emails behind the scenes of like, hey, these are the, these are the events we're going to play. We're going to pay you X amount for the year, like that kind of player. Um, four weeks after a set release, we're in, or have you placed your second wave of orders from Distro? Yes. So you've placed them already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, ba- basically, I so what I've typically done in the past is pre-release weekend happens. Cool. We're going to have like our pre-order quantity before pre-release weekend. Pre-release weekend happens, we get a bunch more pre-orders. Yep. Great. Release weekend hits. I have upped my quantity since pre-release to allocate for the extra boxes. How many do I sell through by Monday? Monday, I'm making that order. Okay. Based on, all right, how much have I gone through? Does this really matter? Yeah, sure. Let's let's go ahead and. Do okay, this. so that that's wave that's wave two, and then you'll continue to order from there and re up. Yeah. Um, and you're still we're still in printing wave two, at that point in time, right? The third wave yeah. is like six plus months out or whatever. Yeah, three to six months is usually when it starts hitting your distro. Okay, so. Yeah, so you're able to fine-tune your, your numbers from there, and you can add or subtract from, from your orders the entire time, and then eventually flip the switch one way or another. Continue ordering, or just trickle it down to, to nothing over time. Yeah. Now, if if Alchemy doesn't take off, this is all just kind of moot. As long as sure. somebody somewhere supports standard. Um, right now, at the LGS level, if nobody's playing s- standard, do you even bother bringing in set boosters or do you look more for like the draft booster side of things so uh, 
I have had more luck selling set boosters than I have draft. Okay. Um, and that's as far as like selling as a box, I should say. Selling packs, it's generally been whatever I have available. Mm-hmm. You know, it. All right, do you have draft boosters this week? Cool. I just want to crack a pack yep. and see what I get. I don't care what it is. But when I have people that come in for boxes because they're looking to crack them for the singles they need or whatever, I never sell draft boosters that way. It's always, always set boosters. boosters. Or collector's boosters, obviously, yep. is generally the preference. Yep, which makes sense. Yeah. And I, I guess this is also a point to, to address, but not one I really gave a lot of thought was that the way everything's shaping up and if we do lose standard events, the opportunity or really need for a backpacker to grind standard cards at any point in time seems pretty loose. Yeah, I feel like it goes to almost Kaladesh standard was the last time I can really remember this. And it was like, what are the four cards in standard I actually care about? Yep. And obviously your masterpieces. But it was literally just those four cards. Great. Ignore the rest. Yeah. What what are the, you know, four or five cards that I care about? Is there anything like that? Are there chase cards? Are there cards in the collector boosters, extended art, alt art, whatever? And just care about those and just ignore the rest. And I think a lot of times, as was the case with Kaladesh, you cared about, or that entire block, Panharmonicon, Paradox Engine, Chandra. Okay, those all see play in Eternal formats. One of them saw play in Standard and Chandra. Mm -hmm. The rest was just Eternal stuff. So I, I think it's, you know, it goes back to what we've been harping on for, it seems like, ages at this point, you know. Uh, EDH, 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 EDH. That's all you want. Just your your eternal staples and standard sets. And I think it goes back to, yeah, basically, long-winded way of saying you are absolutely right. I think you ignore standard completely. <laughs> yeah, so you, you just go back to, far, like, set yeah. up your own buy list, farm buy lists, farm TCG player, pick up what you need and move it around. They're, like, the backpacker yeah. can just basically essentially ignore standard. If it's not being played at the LGS level, it's not being supported at SCG events, at uh, NRG or uh, Card Kingdom, wherever you are that's holding events. Like, there's no reason for that backpacker to care. Bother with any of it, yeah. yeah. Not at all. It's interesting I, to think oh, sorry, about. I think this is, like, the first time where you've been able to say that, where the backpacker can just, like, say, F it, I don't care about... Yeah. Why, why should I bother with this? Cool. Yeah. See ya. And I, I think it's it's interesting because it kind of... I, I feel like this type of economy and magic favors a backpacker mentality of, like, what are the five things I care about? Ignore the rest. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great opportunity that Alchemy presents is, all right, if you were already operating in this space, you had that mindset and you were making it profitable, now your ability to do that can make it more profitable and better for you. Okay. So I, I think it's, you know, oh, I've been using these skills. I guess I can continue to use them more profitably than I did before. Yeah, when you can knock out an entire format and say, I don't have to pay attention to a damn thing that applies to this format. I can just focus on what I need from this set for EDH and Eternal. Yeah, yep. it, 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 it's a lot easier to work that way. Uh, for sure. 
and I, I think that, that that's really it as far as I had uh, about alchemy on the whole. The, the more I read and the more I went through it, like, the more, I don't know, it seemed, it just kind of hit differently today than it did the, the last few years because it just seemed like we talked about earlier on the end of an era, essentially. This could really signal the end of paper standard, which is something yeah. I've interacted with for the better half of, I'm looking now, almost two decades. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it feels weird because it used to be you started with draft and then played standard, yeah. and that was how you got into magic. And it looks like they may just be comfortable saying, yeah, forget about paper. See ya. Don't bother. Draft. That's it. Yeah. Just feels weird. Dra draft in uh, whatever formats are currently available on Arena. You know, yeah. If, if you want to go play something older with a little more mystique, you got to go to Moto. Yep. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see how that goes after they farmed it out to another org. So. Hopefully better. I mean, it can't possibly get worse, right? Yeah. No. Looks at 20 years of magic history and realizes it can't. It can, can absolutely sure. get worse, yeah. Yeah. So Probably will. Move on to picks. Let's do All it. Right, I'm going to go first because I've got a constructed pick this week. Mm. So, Are you okay? Yeah, right. Uh, I, I, I had to spend, the, spend a lot of time trying to figure out how this one worked for EDH because I've played it before and it, it worked well. Not great, but well. So with uh, the, event, the event series coming up, we talked about Star City and NRG Card Kingdom. It's running their own independent events, their FNMs essentially. Uh, Pioneer picking up because you have these events coming around. They're still firing on Moto. It's getting a little more visibility now thanks to a lot of this push, despite the fact that I'm pretty sure the format will die if Watsi does not support it in some way, shape, or form. I think this is just kind of a death knell. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we still can't make hay when the sun shines because Lotus Field does play in EDH. So right now, Lotus Field at a historic almost historic low uh historic rope is definitely for sure no pun intended and what we're looking at is basically a card that is recovering from the market side of things after its challenger deck printing so uh we just got no i say just it happened a while ago we got four pioneer decks the spirit one the lotus field one uh green black constrictor and a red deck that nobody really seems to care about because it doesn't have Arc Light Phoenix in it. So we're looking at basically a cornerstone for the Pioneer format. And what really stuck up, like stuck with me about this card is the fact that CK is buying a ton of them for a card that was just reprinted, and they're buying more today than they were yesterday. Small amount, but more. But still buying over a hundred of these right now. They just keep looking for more so hey you know what feed it to him now lotus field does play all over in edh it's going to show up exactly where you expect it to it's going to show up on our index that are heavy color demanding from a monocolor standpoint it's going to show up in decks that see a lot of land utility and like Lord Windgrace, Gitrog Monster, and Muldrotha, and then it shows up in Arkelos, which is basically Amulet of Vigor on a, a, on a creature. 
and a lot of these can turn the downside of sacrificing those lands into an upside so it's it's great and the one note i have here having played both lotus field and lotus veil in the same deck in edh is that lotus field God. might actually be better than lotus veil yeah it, so straight up we're looking at an m20 card that is possibly better than its reserveless counterpart frightening i know now uh, we have really begun we haven't begun to see the ceiling on where lotus field will play in edh and generally speaking it plays in almost anything like i mentioned you know its base of operations is to play in a deck that's going to be focused very heavily on lands either yeah come just et being or recursion and i think this is just going to be one of those lands that people just keep picking up on because it's fairly inexpensive so it's going to sit in a lot of lists on edh where i can just get more popular more popular more popular but as i mentioned this is less a pick about edh and more about pioneer where we're seeing traction on the format for the first time in years and lotus field isn't the most popular combo deck in the format right now but it is a pillar of the format and it's really close to a zero day deck and fairly resilient so as the formats changed over time lotus field combo was just kind of chugged right along with it and we're looking at this pick based on the uptick of popularity in the format despite the challenger deck reprint because biolists have responded by increasing prices and quantity now as far as a timeline on this goes the recent reprint in the challenger decks is really gonna stifle a growth for a bit but it won't be for too long the market price is on the rise and once again when we dive into the tcg player results i hope it's still here because this is really friggin' funny uh yep it is so when you filter tcg player results for vendors with copies of four or more we see the gaming co anchoring the price at four dollars fifteen cents with 795 copies they are the second cheapest vendor 795 copies 127 of those copies as of this writing could have been arbitraged straight to card kingdom for a whole dollar 27 in profit that was the difference card kingdom was paying a penny more in credit up to today than they were than the gaming company was selling this for the price has since dropped on ck but they're still buying 131 now it dropped by about 50 cents so we'll see where it goes but once the gaming co is gone once that's pulled that's where we're going to see the needle move we've gone over this a number of times with my picks there's just a couple vendors anchoring with this ridiculous quantity and once they go you know it's gone but as ck is telling us they expect a higher price point based on their demand and once tcg star stock starts to dwindle the price is going to move fairly quickly in both marketplaces I would expect by the time we are in the middle of the SEG tour run of Pioneer events, which is approximately three months from now, so like April 2022, we should be able to see, uh, sorry, we should be able to move these to buy list for profit and possibly sooner into the open market if you were to buy in now. Uh, also of note, MTG Grindcast last week just put out the first episode in their Dexpert series, quote unquote where they're discussing various decks in Pioneer, and they discussed Lotus Field with Connor uh, Malale first, 
Yep. Uh, we linked that in the the Discord over the weekend, and it's, it's a really good listen. It, it and that episode really speaks to the resiliency of this deck, and what Pioneer as a, is as a format, and what you can do with Lotus Field to really edge out the rest of the format. And listening to that, I'm a firm believer that Lotus Field combo can take over. And as far as reprint equity is concerned, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see this for a while because we just got it in Challenger decks, and Wasi seems to not like to, to do that kind of stuff where they just cycle one card from one product to another unless it's like Swiftfoot Boots or Soul Ring. Yeah, if it's an EDH Evergreen card, sure, which this is not. not. Um, yeah, this this is... I think this is a great pick, and the reason being... Uh, specifically card kingdom so when they do things like this and they buy a huge quantity of a card that was just reprinted card kingdom's playing the long game when they're doing that there's there's no way that they're not stocking up for like this card's got to go up right like maybe card kingdom starts supporting pioneer because after all what happens during modern season at star city they start buying legacy, legacy. they start buying legacy yeah what happens during legacy season they start buying modern yep it makes sense that if card kingdom is going to start supporting pioneer in their series they want to stockpile this card because like you said day zero deck pillar of the format seems inevitable that this is going to take off at some yep. point right it's also wicked cheap by the numbers if you were yeah. to look at the price of this deck it's like 160 to 180 dollars that is very reasonable for a deck as powerful as Lotus Field Combo can be. Yeah. Real good. Alright. Mine is, in keeping with tradition, looking at kind of a market trend, basically. Uh, specifically, we're going here for Retro Frame Foil Persist. Alright. I don't know how many times I can harp on Modern Horizons 2 is too cheap. This is a card that has absurd playability. It's a bulk in foil right now. It's, you know, according to stocks, three bucks for for a foil that is this powerful. Now, what I'm going to use as an analog here is Fallen Shinobi foils from MH1. Obviously, it's a ninja, so it just got a huge surge. We're ignoring that. I'm specifically looking at in the middle of 2020 when this card went from basically a $2.72 foil to a $15 foil and then floored at like 9 10 bucks forever until we went back to ninjas. This was something that I specifically remember when this set came out. I was at a GP and I was talking to Edwin. And he goes, I'm really high on Modern Horizons. And I'm like, yeah, like Hogak and Urza and stuff. He goes, oh, no, 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 not that stuff. I'm talking like the chaff, like Fallen Shinobi. Specifically because it is a card similar to Persist. This has a very powerful, impactful effect. It's a keyword that we turned into a black sorcery, whatever. Yep. But once these powerful cards start drying up, People will recognize Persist should not be this cheap. Fallen Shinobi should not be this cheap. This is something that, you know, for the price, you can sit on 10 to 20 of them, throw them in a box for a year, forget about it. 
you'll see in about a year similar to fallen shinobi it was from like release was june 19 i think Mm -hmm. and then around july 2020 price went up a year later all of a sudden all right let's take a look at this let's try to get this stuff up and it's specifically with modern horizons one and two that i see this kind of thing happening when you look at battle bond some of the chaff has started to move well not really chaff but some of the bulk rares started to see a price surge similarly powerful effects really good in the edh and eternal formats let's go ahead and ship it up persist there's a ton of reanimate targets in eternal formats in edh archon of cruel ultimatum is i think the best reanimator target in the game say what you want about razaketh elish norn blazing archon whoever getting a mini cruel ultimatum every combat seems pretty badass to me Uh, persist is just one of those things that this is a powerful effect it's great in edh i mean amazing because you don't have enough reanimate effects for a hundred card singleton format i'm sorry you just don't you can never have too many uh and foil retro frame i think is going to be the way to go Mm -hmm. obviously sketch foil sure whatever this was more about a market trend to start highlighting what are some of these powerful modern horizons cards that are sitting at a floor that is nowhere near what they should be okay do i maybe want to get like 10 to 20 of these and just set them in a box and forget about it because at this price point worst case scenario i'm out you know 30 40 50 60 bucks okay I'll do that to potentially double or triple my money. Mm-hmm. I And timeline-wise, I think it's going to be similar. You're going to be looking to, like, probably late next year, just based on paper events and how those are or are not happening. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a solid choice. I think market trends, especially this time of year great time to get into them and start investing because it's possible that this may surge early during tax season who knows but i'd say you're looking at like late next year if we start to get a large quantity of paper events okay so yeah Uh, i like persist a little more than fallen shinobi because same there's more going on with the card in the sense that it already has a shell in modern exactly esper reanimator is a deck that did and does play persist because you can reanimate Archon of Cruelty. That card is just nuts. And Sarah's Emissary. Not a legendary either. Yeah. It gets the best targets for cheaper than Unburial Rights did. And it doesn't matter that you reduce power on this. It's just like Animate Dead. You're not doing You're not doing anything not degenerate with this card. And when you cast it, you can be pretty sure you're going to take over the game and win after it resolves. So that minus one to power, not the 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 worst okay. drawback. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And overall, I think this does fit nicely with the upcycling of other Modern Horizons cards that we've been talking about, which is we're really... If we haven't hit the end of the life cycle on this product yet, it's coming screaming up on us. And we're going to see a lot of this stuff starting to move sooner rather than later. And we need to start looking for our inroads to make any kind of profit we can on this before it's all out of reach and unattainable. And I think Persist is yet another really good card that represents that. Yeah. And 
to your point, I never really thought about it because I play Cedrus as a general, but you're right. You do run short of reanimate effects in your EDH list, and especially if you don't have the ability to go out and buy things like Corpse Dance, whatever that card is now because it's reserve list, I don't know, a million dollars, it doesn't matter. You can still reanimate Kiki Jiki and Deadeye Navigator and um, Zealous Conscripts. Everything you yep. want to combo with, Persist can get. So it deserves the look. If it's not getting it on wreck yet, it should. And you'd rather be ahead of all of those curves, especially if something like Esper Reanimator were to ever actually take off. It plays three to yeah. Fairy Time Reveler. How could this deck not be amazing? Like, yeah, the, for- deck's insane. the format isn't shaped well for it yet because Endurance is still running rampant, a card we picked earlier based on a lot of the similar these similar properties but the fact that it has a home in a deck that plays some of the most powerful spells in the format that aren't ragavan just is awesome pretty good yeah i think it's great i think this is uh, a good look based on uh, the the fallen shinobi call out is super important because if you look at that graph um i i closed it out and it's hard to see but if you just track the regular non-foil price on this that card does nothing yeah the like it gets the ninja bump and that's about it it goes from under a dollar to about two dollars which is not a lot of wiggle room on bylist but the foil markup is where you want to be and i think that call out is super important that this has to be a foil look yeah and it's it's one of the few because typically i'm like oh let's pick the basic and obviously the foils are great no this is specifically the foil because this is a card that i see more of as like a modern and EDH highlight yep. where it's alright these are the people who have their decks they want them to look pretty they're going to play them whatever and it falls into that neat price point even if it hits only $10 foil where alright I'll drop $40 on a playset that's liquid enough I can afford to do that no problem mm-hmm. but yeah I, I think it's long term a very solid pick for yeah, sure absolutely and I think that's going to be it for this week. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Oh, good. Nope. So uh, we are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter, Patreon, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, if you find the time to uh, review the podcast or you want to reach out, please <clears throat> always do. We're not farming stars, but we are farming feedback. So anything, just get at us. Uh, yeah. The audio podcast is on Audible, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and I do believe Audible. Uh, I am at Halt. I am Reptar on Twitter. You are at Thirsty Sizzler. See you next week.